It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Any other questions, guys? Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great night. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 645 of Locked On Raptors for uh, Wednesday, January 22nd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, as always, please make sure you are checking out the Locked On Podcast Network. We have team-focused shows covering just about every team in the Big Four sports, plus the Power NCAA conferences. If you are a football fan and you are getting ready for the Super Bowl, Check out Locked On Chiefs and Locked On 49ers. They will have you covered there for the next two weeks before, quote-unquote, the big game. Uh, we also have all the NBA stuff for you, All-Star, you know, we got the Hollinger and Duncan show. If that's your bag, we've got uh, plenty of stuff on the network for you to check out, so make sure you're doing that and subscribing, rating, and reviewing all the shows that you want to support. It's very much appreciated. And thanks in advance for doing it. All right, on today's show, it is just past the halfway point of the season. The very cluttered schedule over the weekend has made it so we are addressing our preseason prop bets at the 43-game mark as opposed to the 41-game mark for symmetry, but that's fine. We have a pretty good idea of, I think, how things are going to shake out over the course of the season. So we're going to check in uh, and see how we did in our preseason prop bets with the two fellows who joined me for those preseason prop bets. First up is Vivek Jacob. What's going on, pal? Nothing much. Talked to you yesterday. Back at it again. You again, damn it. And also joining us, fresh off of the Raptors Republic 3-on-3 tournament, a tournament that was played uh, under an asterisk because I was not there to defend my blogger title, blogger champion, blogger division crown. That's what I'm looking for. It is Sahal Abdi. Sahal, what's up, buddy? Um, What's up, Sean? It's good to see you guys, um, or talk to you guys again. <laughs> um, I was super excited for the RR3-on-3 tournament. Um, Blake wasn't there, you weren't there, so a little bit of an asterisk there. I uh, wanted a little post-up one-on-one thing with Blake, <laughs> talking about that for a few months, but um, it was a really good experience seeing content creators uh, around the city, bunch of guys, um, but I'm here for this. I'm here to make up ground versus Vivek, so I see you. I see you quickly pivoting away from the talk of the tournament. How did your team do? We didn't do too bad. Um, I personally... And you know what? It's 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 really it's pretty bad to say, but I got there late. Uh, <laughs> it was me, William Liu, um, Assad, and uh, one of Assad's friends. And I got there late, so I missed game one. Uh, unfortunately, we lost that game. Um, but I did get there for game two. We won the next three games, so we went three and one heading into the round robin. And then um, I believe we lost our last one, so I think we ended three and two, or we might have ended. Four and two. I'm not 100 percent sure, but um, yeah, we faced a guy that was six seven hmm. who played like Diakom on the Arkells. I, I don't know his name, but goodness gracious, he was completely unstoppable. So <laughs> kudos, kudos to him. You know, Saad and Will I think played pretty good, especially Saad's friend. But um, yeah, it was it was a super super fun experience. 
Yeah, the tournament rules. Uh, I may never go back after the success that my team had last time out. Because, uh, man, we were really, really good. And made it to the, the semifinals, won the blogger division. May just retire there. Uh, full disclosure, I brought in a bunch of ringers. That was the only blogger on my team. Uh, and I mostly coached and yelled and gave high fives. So uh, that's fun. We'll talk about the next Raptors Republic tournament when it comes around. And I uh, either play or I don't. Who cares? Uh, let's get into the preseason prop bets. For those who don't know, back before the season, Vivek, Sahal, and I did a bunch of preseason prop bets and over-unders and stuff ahead of the Raptors season. We do this every year. This is the third time running. Vivek has won two years in a row, and that sucks. And so we are hoping to unseat him from the throne with uh, with the season's prop bets. And so with it being the half point of the season, figured we could check in to see where everyone's on track to finish. And uh, let's start now with the first of our 15 questions that we had. Number one, or is it 14? I don't know. Math is hard. Number, number one, Pascal Siakam, points per game. I set the over-under at 23.0. And this one's getting interesting. He was well over early on in the season and has since sort of come back down a little bit since the injury. He's not playing a ton of minutes. He's on the minutes restriction. They haven't had to play him a ton of minutes. And he's been, you know, around 15, 16, 17 points ever since he got back from his groin injury and is now sitting at 23.7 points on the season. I took the over, as did Sahal. Vivek took the under. Vivek, are you getting a little bit more optimistic potentially that you might be able to win this one uh, no <laughs> i think i've lost this one uh yeah I, I, I think this is sort of a minor blip on his season and i think especially with the way the schedule is the next few i would expect him to have an explosion possibly a 40 point game soon and yeah i, th- I think over 23 a game looking at the way the offense is structured around him, I think you guys should feel pretty safe. The one, I guess, argument in favor of potentially him falling under 23 a game is that they have been playing a a pretty, you know, wide 10-man rotation with lots of guys getting minutes, and if they're able to keep minutes down, maybe it's, there's less burden on Siakam to go out there and score a ton of points. And, you know, maybe if they can have him around, like, a bucks style 30 minutes for, for him, maybe that sort of limits his production. But I think he's a good enough scorer that he's probably going to do it anyway. And so I'm feeling pretty good about that one. Right now we're going to give myself and uh, Sahal the speculative point there. And we'll go on to the next one, which was Pascal Siakam 30-point games over under 13.5. Both uh, myself and Vivek took the under. Sahal, you took the over. So far, Pascal Siakam has 10 games of 30 points or more. How good are you feeling about this pick? You know what? I'm, I'm feeling extremely confident. Like I said, I have a lot of ground to make up with Vivek. Um, I know, Sean, you, you run this whole you know Lockdown Raptors podcast. But um, my focus is on Vivek right now. So <laughs> every single one of these questions, I'm thinking about how I can beat this guy. Um, it's quite um, disappointing how... Me and Sean have done the last two years, so <laughs> these are just little steps forward in, in the in the entire race, and I'm confident. I, I always knew Siakam um, had the potential to kind of explode like this offensively. We saw flashes in the finals. We saw flashes last regular season. He was going in as the guy this season, so um, for him to be at 10, 30-point games, I'm not going to say that um, everyone should have saw this coming, but um, if you did see this coming... Um, 
it's because you really believe in the flashes and what Siakam is capable of. I'm not really sure what I was thinking when I made my over 23 points a game pick and an under 30. I guess it was a bit of a hedge against myself um, and my yeah. optimism. That was dumb. I should have just taken the over and gone all in on the fun because, man, Pascal's been great. Uh, he scores 30 quite easily, it seems, when he wants to, and yeah. he can kind of rack him up quickly. We've even seen since he got back from injury. He had like the 12-point first quarter against the Spurs, and he can whip together some points uh, damn fast. So I uh, I would expect that he's going to get the requisite four 30-point games in the remaining 39 games of the season to pass 13.5. So we will give Sahal the speculative point there, and he leads 2-1-0 over myself yeah, and then Vivek. So good start, buddy. Next up, we had more starts, Fred Van Vliet or Norman Powell. All three of us said Norm. Uh, this, of course, was recorded in the preseason as it seemed like Norm was just like the obvious two-guard and we weren't really sure if Fred Van Vliet was going to be an adequate enough backcourt partner in terms of size and everything for Kyle Lowry. That was wrong. Uh, Norm's played 33, sorry, Fred's played 33 games. He has started uh, all 33 games he's played. And Norm Powell has played 32 and started 17 Let's go to Vivek. Do you think there's any chance Norm catches Fred Van Vliet here? You know, Nick Nurse has talked about swapping up the starting lineups a little bit, which is interesting, and I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, that that all looks and who is sort of swapped in and out. But this 16-game difference with 39 games to play, it feels like it's probably a little bit tough to overcome. Yeah, I think that battle is over. I think when you look at what Nurse said ahead of the season that, you know, his first priority is to make sure the best five guys are out on the court i think as long as fred's been healthy he's proven to be one of one of those guys and um as well as norm has played i think he's also really enjoying the bench role mm-hmm. and uh this was this, this is a big thing that I, I talked about you know uh the podcast we just did where i think before he needed to be in a starting role to feel like you know, whether it was feeling like he belonged or feeling like he could make mistakes and not have to come out of the game right away. But I think he has that now, even though he's coming off the bench. And so I think that's part of why we're seeing him thrive. And with Fred, again, he's done nothing to take himself out of the starting lineup. So I wouldn't expect that to change too much outside of, you know, matchups here and there. Yeah, and I think as Fred's hypothetical dollar figure goes up and that contract negotiation looms, moving him to the bench feels like maybe not an awesome way to start those negotiations or have those conversations. It just feels like Fred might be the kind of guy who takes that as a slight, and that is part of the charm of Fred. It's the whole bet-on-yourself mentality. Um, So for political reasons, I think he's probably clinched this one. So nobody gets a point here on question number three. We will go to question number four. We will get to question number four in just a second, but first I want to tell you about my bookie. Are you the type of fan that knows football or basketball so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, the NBA, and the start of the college basketball stretch run, it is time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of person who likes to bet a little to win a lot, you could try a parlay like Howie from Uncut Gems. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout 
So if you're going to do a bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Tired of watching games from the couch with nothing to gain? MyBookie wants you to get your mind off everything else and get back on the game. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you're getting an extra grand in free money to play with. Just use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDONNBA, all one word to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Today's show is also brought to you by Calm. We talk a lot about physical fitness, but there's another side of the game that's just as important, and I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation, and it is now teamed up with LeBron James, LeBron James, to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your very best. For LeBron James, sleep is as important a part of his mental fitness routine as anything else. He says, quote, getting good sleep and Finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. And if you head to Calm.com today slash NBA, you can get 40% off a Calm premium membership. With Calm, you have access to nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain on leaves, or I'm sure there are like waves and jungle sounds, all those lovely, peaceful things that help you sleep, as well as sleep stories and meditations. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at Calm.com. That's C-A-L-M.com slash LockedOnNBA. Unlock the content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com, C-A-L-M.com slash locked on NBA. That is calm.com slash locked on NBA. Kyle Lowry, total points plus rebounds plus assists per game. I am so mad at myself because I always take the over on this question. I put this one on every year. Always am the optimist. I always get burned because Kyle, whatever, you know, takes back his scoring or he becomes more of a facilitator, whatever it is. Uh, He is blowing this out of the water this season with his, uh, what is it, the total? It's like 32 total between the 20 points, 7 boards, 5 assists, or 7 assists, 5 boards, or 7.6 assists even. Um, he's, He's killing it. He's at 30. Two, yeah, 32, three ahead of the over-under. Uh, you guys both took the over on this. So, Hall, are you concerned at all that with the return of health to the team and Patrick McCaw continually getting minutes and Terrence Davis's emergence, which we'll get to in a little bit, um, are you at all concerned that maybe over the last stretch of the season, Kyle's totals come down to flirt with maybe taking this point away from you two? Yeah, I mean, I can totally see that happening. I think Nick Nurse understands that um, Kyle still has a lot to give, and he's proved that in this first half of the season. Um, he's done an incredible job scoring and really taking the front seat when he when he needs to. When guys like Siakam or um, Terrence Davis, whoever it is, really is struggling to score, when the team's struggling to score, Kyle Lowry's really um, taken over at times this season. Um and I think for Nick Nurse, it's important that Kyle Lowry really goes into the playoffs rested. Um, we don't want to see a burnout. We don't want to have Kyle Lowry averaging the high 30s in minutes or the low 40s, whatever it may be, um, heading into that final stretch, um, especially when you have a lot of guard depth. I mean, they've been, they've been playing um, McCall a lot at the two. You've had, obviously, Norman Powell switch between the two and the three, and then you have Terrence Davis um, really as like a combo guard, Fred Van Fleet's been having a breakout season. So, I mean, you have a lot of depth behind Kyle Lowry. Um, he sat out this season. The Raptors really didn't combust like a lot of people thought they would um, during his injury. So, 
I mean, Nick Nurse can take, um, can have Kyle Lowry take a little bit of a backseat um, as the season goes along. So I won't be too surprised, too shocked if, uh, you know, his total dips a bit. Yeah, I, I guess the one counter I would have is that with the scoring he's done so far this season, and, you know, keep in mind, my math is very bad, but I think his numbers scoring-wise would have to dip down to, like, what they were last year for him to really fall off enough to go from 32 total points, rebounds, assists down to 29. Um, so I'm not terribly confident I'm going to have a shot at this point, and I'm glad about it because Kyle Lowry rules, and if I, if Kyle Lowry having this wonderful 33-year-old season if that takes away a point from me, I'm totally cool with that. So, uh, you guys will get the point there. Right now, it's Hall 3, Vivek, and myself with one. And up next, this is going to be, I think, the closest question that we have all season long. We all have the same answer for this. Higher value over replacement player, Vorp, OG Ananobi, or Norman Powell? We all took OG, and this is insanely close right now. Currently... OG Ananobi's VORP is 1.1, Norman Powell's is 1.0, having played 10 fewer games than OG Ananobi. Vivek, how do you sort of handicap this race between the two to the end of the season? Because OG's had his moments, obviously, he's kind of fallen back to a little bit of earth in terms of his scoring, I guess, of late, and is not as featured in the offense as he was when people were hurt. But at the same time, his defensive contributions are awesome, and I, I don't know how long Norm can keep up this 64.4 true shooting and all of this stuff. Uh, who do you think will be ahead in Vort by the end of the season? I think I would still favor OG slightly, mm-hmm. because I think in terms of the struggles we've seen from him, that is primarily due to the fact that he's just not ready to be more than a fourth or fifth option in the offense right now. Mm -hmm. And so with everyone returning and the health where you'd like it to be, I think he will go back to being the player he was over the first, you know, uh, month or so of the season. And okay, maybe he's not going to shoot over 50% from three, but defensively, I think uh, he'll have the energy to do what he is known to do. And then offensively, again, make, uh, make your threes from the corner. He's a spot up shooter. Make more of those late clock shots that you've been making all season. And with Norm, again, to your point, I would expect uh, at some point uh, a bit of a regression to the mean in terms of his percentages. Yeah, I think I'm probably with you there, and I think we'll all end up getting to this point, but I am. I'm not sure, and that's a good problem to have. <laughs> like Norm is, I think, overshot a lot of expectations, although we'll get to my expectations for Norm a little bit. I guess my expectations have been uh, relatively met, but we'll uh, get to that in a couple questions. Next up, number six on our list. This one's fun. Marcus all field goal attempts per 36 minutes. So I set the over-under for this at 12.5, and this was based on what he did last year. So with Memphis, he had a 13.8 field goal attempts per 36 minutes. With the Raptors after the trade, he was a 10.4. And I was expecting a bit of a return to sort of third option Marcus All or something like that, uh, just considering the lack of creation on the team. And we weren't really sure what Pascal Siakam was going to look like. And we figured Norm Powell, or sorry, Kyle Lowry was going to, you know, hand off some of the, du- the duties of scoring a little bit. That has not happened even a little bit. Currently, Marcus All is at 8.5 field goal attempts per 36 minutes. That is 15th on the team, ahead of only Malcolm Miller and Patrick McCaw. It's been just remarkable to watch. It's been a lot of fun. I took the under, as did Sahal. Vivek, you took the over here, so you're not getting the point. Sahal, laugh in point, 
at Vivek, who for some reason thought Marcus Gasol was going to take many shots. Oh man, this this is a great feeling to be honest. I can't. <laughs> like, this, this is fantastic. But you know what? I've been in the situation, many situations in life, where you feel like you're you're ahead and the guy starts to catch up. And right now, Vivek has, like I said, he's won the last two. So I can't really talk too much, but um, this feels great to know, you know, Vivek's beneath me um, <laughs> for the time being. But in terms of Marcus Gasol, um, I mean, it's really a testament to, to the type of player he's become uh, for him to average eight field goal attempts and to really be such an impactful player um, despite only, you know, shooting eight field goal attempts a game. It's, it's really incredible. I mean, he's one of the best playmaking bigs in the league, um, one of the best interior post defenders, just a, an extremely high basketball IQ player. You guys saw it um, even after the Raptors won the finals when Spain took the FIBA Cup um, and Marcus all played you know, a tremendous role in, in bringing Spain that, that championship. Um, just an extremely smart player. I know he's been talked about in some trade scenarios, um, but I think Marcus is really that type of guy that can still push a championship team or a team that's creeping towards a championship just over the edge and um, really help their team in, in many different ways. Yeah, man, just aesthetically speaking, I'm really glad he's done this and dropped off so significantly in the shots he's taking just because watching Marcus Gasol pass fucking rules. And, yeah, like, it's, it's just been so fun to watch him completely look away from the basket, although he has been much more aggressive since coming back from injury and looks about 10 years younger, and that's really nice to see. And so maybe we'll see that number creep up a little bit. But to creep up four attempts per 36 minutes, Vivek, I'm sorry. I think you're screwed on this one. Uh, let's go to the next one. Another one where Vivek is screwed. More total minutes played. Stanley Johnson or Rondé Hollis-Jefferson? Both Sahal and I said, Rondé, Vivek, you took Stanley Johnson. Please explain yourself uh, for this point that you're definitely not getting. Yeah, I uh, thought uh, that neither were really going to play. And it looked like that at the beginning of the season. Uh, <laughs> but Rondé is obviously a, re- a really useful contributor, and Stanley is not. So I'm going to take the L. But the one thing I will say is, you know, at the end of the day, you want a legacy where you make the people around you better. So I'm glad that you guys have finally stepped up to the plate after a couple of years of learning. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that this is finally happening for you guys. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. This is why I want to win even more. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm not feeling bad about it at all now. Um, yeah, you, you this, I guess, yeah, there's no way Stanley Johnson's making up the 700 and something minute gap that he has right now behind uh, Ronde, it's 709 to 73. And I guess like Ronde hasn't played so many minutes that if he were to, say, get hurt and Stanley were to take his spot in the rotation that he couldn't catch up, I guess. But I think that would take a lot of uh, trust buildup between Stanley Johnson and Nick Nurse that I just do not foresee at this point. Uh, so we'll get to that when we get to it, if, uh, if that ever does come to pass. But I don't think it's going to. So right now, after seven questions, Sahal, you've got six points. I've got four. Vex got two. Uh, next question here. More, more total points scored between Terrence Davis or Patrick McCaw. We all said Terrence Davis, and we are all going to get this point. Currently, Terrence Davis has 320, and Mark, Patrick McCaw has 125 in 584 minutes played. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, just remarkable stuff. We don't need to spend time on this one. Terrence Davis is good. Patrick McCaw is bad. It, 
Patrick McCaw will still probably play by the end of the season more minutes than Terrence Davis, although Davis is out minuting McCaw right now, although McCaw's played in half the games Terrence Davis had and is only 140 minutes behind. So that's going to come soon. And maybe with this extra playing time that McCaw's going to get, he can make up the 195 points that he's down on Terrence Davis, but that would require him to shoot. So we won't entertain that one too much. We're all going to get that point. And so it's 7-5-3 with Sahal leading me in second and uh, Vivek in first. Next up. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Who will be the Raptors' second leading scorer? I'm screwed on this one. Uh, this is the one where I kind of got a little heat checky. Kind of was a strategic pick as well, where I thought maybe if I do this, I'll be able to sort of you know get, get a little extra point on the guys when they're not thinking about it. Uh, I said Norm Powell would be the second leading scorer. You guys both said Kyle. I made the Norm prediction thinking he was going to be in the starting five and that he was going to be playing a ton. And, you know, at the rate he's scoring right now, he's probably the second most prolific scorer on the team over the last, like, week, which is nice. But I don't think it's going to be enough for him to catch up. He's currently fourth on the team behind Fred Van Vliet, who's 18.4 points per game. And Norm's at 15.8 and Kyle Lowry's at 20.1. I guess the real question here is, Sahal, are you worried that Fred Van Vliet might catch Kyle Lowry for this and uh, take away the point from everybody? Yeah, that's something that I'm definitely concerned about. I mean, like we said you know, a few questions ago, Kyle Lowry um, may be kind of forced to take a backseat um, in terms of his scoring or just his overall output, his minutes on the court. Um, and Fred Van Vliet, obviously, is much younger than Kyle Lowry, so he might be the guy that benefits from that most. Um, so I could possibly see those two guys finishing um, really close together. But um, other than that, I'm pretty confident in this pick. Uh, Vivek, are you concerned at all? No, not really. Hmm. Kyle is awesome. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, maybe uh, unless Nick Nurse goes crazy with the minutes limit and keeps him under 30 for the rest of the season, that's a possibility. But I think Kyle's still going to have enough. Uh, big games to at least keep him around that 20 and Fred will probably stay where he's at as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think the numbers that we have now will pretty much stabilize um, over the rest of the season. So you don't think there's a chance that Norm might uh, continue this torrid pace and give me this point triumphantly? No, sorry, Sean. Damn it. Uh, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next up, is uh, my favorite question that we threw, and I believe we put this in uh, on the fly when we first recorded. Serge Ibaka punches throne. I set the over-under at two and a half. I took the over. You guys both took the under. He has not yet thrown a punch, right? Nope. Well, here's why I'm going to win this one. Uh, the, the Raptors still have three games against the Milwaukee Bucks. My thinking going two and a half, uh, taking the over on two and a half was that uh, the Lopez brothers are playing together now, and God, that's annoying. And one of their sets of games against the Milwaukee Bucks is a home-and-home home in early April. 
with potentially seeding on the line, and I think there will be some tensions and blood boiling in that. So we might see an Ibaka punch. Also, Marquise Chris is back in the league playing for the Warriors, and the Raptors play the Warriors, I think, twice still uh, to close out the season. So lots of opportunities for Serge Ibaka to punch people, and so I am feeling okay about that one, even though he is yet to throw fists at anybody. Uh, Next up, in-season trades made by the Raptors. Over-under is one and a half. I took the under. You guys both took the over. Uh, Vivek, we'll start with you. How are you feeling about this one and your choice of over? Uh, I don't feel good about it. Mm-hmm. I think uh, you look at what Masai said uh, with regards to the trade deadline and you look at where the team is at. I find it hard to believe that there will be a deal done, uh, let alone two. So, um, yeah, I don't feel good about it at all. So, Hall, what about you? Yeah, I'm mostly on the same boat as Vivek. I mean, continuity is a big thing for Toronto. They've had a pretty good season considering all the injuries, all the adversity they faced. Um, to say that they would have two trades. I mean, I remember when we first brought this up, um, we were thinking maybe, you know, Masai would tweak the roster, the bot- the bottom of the rotation. Um, he would move a guy like Stanley if he wasn't really playing well or wasn't playing enough. Move a guy like Rondé, uh, maybe McCaw, but I mean... The rules seem set in stone at this point, so um, like I said, or like Vivek said, actually, uh, I don't think Masai is going to do too much. I think one trade is probably the maximum at this point. Yeah, I guess the precedent has existed for Masai that if, like, with a team like this where maybe they're a move or two from real sort of contention, that, you know, the the season where he traded for both Abaka and P.J. Tucker over the course of the week, maybe that's the thing you have in mind, where it's like, oh, maybe they sort of trade one surplus for a thing they need, and then they go and sort of fill in that thing they traded out of with another wing or whatever. I don't think that's going to happen just because I don't think there are enough good players available on the market right now to be traded for, but I suppose it always exists the possibility that if the Raptors, in fact, are going to die trying as they try to win the championship, and God, Masai rules so hard, um, maybe there's a, like a sort of move that leads to another move just naturally that could be on the table, but no, I think I'm pretty confident that I'm going to end up with this point. Uh, I think at most they'll make one deal, and uh, I would expect they're going to make none. So next up. Right now it's 864 Sahal Me Vivek, by the way. There are four questions left. Raptors to be named all stars. The over-under is set at one and a half. It seems like Pascal Siakam is going to be named a starter. He's been second in the voting. I can't really imagine him falling out. And then it's gonna come down to, I guess, Kyle Lowry, whether or not he's a coach decision. I would expect that he will be, considering he's sort of the the inertia player on the All-Star roster, and he's also been fucking awesome. Some people are leaving him off, you know, whatever. I I think that's not correct, but uh, we all took the over anyway. Uh, Vivek, are you feeling confident that you will get the point for this? Yeah, on one of the rare occasions. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I I think Kyle and Pascal are both unquestionably All-Stars this season. Uh... I actually don't think Pascal will make it as a starter because I think um, there will probably be more votes for Jimmy. Mm. And and so I think that might bump him up, but I think for sure um, he'll end up making it on the roster along with Kyle. Um, I guess the other thing that would depend on that is how the players, coaches, media view Embiid's uh, games played as well. So mm-hmm. I guess it'll be a toss-up. Because I think Jimmy is definitely going to get the votes. Obviously, Giannis 
Um, and then I think it's going to be a toss-up between Siakam and Embiid. So, uh, yeah, either way, both of them are going to be all-stars. So, no issues here. See, I'm not so sure that Butler is going to get the votes from the media and the players. Because, I mean, half of the league he's screamed at, probably, in some way or another. <laughs> and, like, Siakam just seems like a kind of likable, non-screamy kind of guy. So maybe that plays into the players' votes a little bit, just like a popularity contest. And then the media, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't have him this high, but there have been a lot of people who have pointed out on podcasts and in columns and stuff that Siakam was sort of like their number five guy in terms of MVP before he got hurt, which I think was maybe overshooting a little, a little bit. But the, the opinion of Siakam seems to be very high. And, you know, I think he's going to finish second in the in the voting for uh the the fans which is 50 percent of the of the calculation and finishing second like that's a lot to overcome with like bad votes uh, from the other side and i i feel like at worst he's going to finish fourth in front court voting in the media and with the players so i think siakam is going to end up a starter but may, uh, your point is well taken in that jimmy butler is sort of a more known quantity i suppose and maybe has a bit more of a reputation among the media and the players, but I just think that reputation might be that uh, everyone hates him because he's kind of a psycho. (laughs) TJ Warren is not voting for Jimmy Butler, let's put it that way, Uh, unless Butler is that far into his head. Uh, Let's go to the next one here. Uh, Raptors end-of-season award wins, so six-man, MVP, uh, most improved, all defense, all NBA, all that stuff. Uh, I said under one and a half. Vivek also said under one and a half. So, Hall, you took the over. So, I'll ask you, how are you feeling about more than one Raptor getting named to some sort of end of season award, whether it's an all NBA team or a uh, or an individual award? Um, like I said uh, earlier in the season, I think there is two all rookie teams, if I'm not mistaken. No. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, I can't really think of all the rookies. I know a, a lot of the really good rookies this year have been guards, but I think Terrence Davis has an outside shot. If not, maybe he's already in there. Um, so maybe Terrence Davis makes an all-rookie team. That's one. And then um, I guess from there, it's just I honestly don't think I'm getting this point. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm just talking out of my my rear end, but um, I don't think anybody has really been. Um, dominant enough uh, defensively to make an all-defense team. Huh. I mean, Siakam's been Siakam defensively, but um, he's missed some time. And then there's guys like Kyle Lowry who are known league-wide as good defenders, but just never good enough. Um, Fred Van Fleet, six, uh, not not six months, sorry, most improved. Uh, not really. There's been some other guys this season um, that really deserve that. Maybe even you could say Siakam most improved just because of the leap he's taken, but again, it's kind of a stretch, so um, I feel like you guys are you guys are, are going to catch up on this one. I disagree. I think you're definitely getting this point. I think Terrence Davis think is going to so? be on the all-rookie teams. I mean, all of the advanced numbers on the rookies suggest that Terrence Davis has been, like, the best non-John Morant rookie. He's contributed to winning, um, and I, I think he's going to be on the second team probably with the way he's played and you know he's had enough big performances and he's on a good team and he's helping a good team win I I think he's going to be there and it's you know this this dirty little secret about this rookie class is that it sucks ass and so I think Terrence Davis just by process of elimination of all the other bad players is going to be on there and then I think like I think 
I don't know who the most deserving Raptor is of all defense. It's probably Marcus Saul to me with his rim protection. And, the, you know, I, I just I don't see how the team that is number two in defensive efficiency doesn't get an all defense player, whether it's first or second team. And so I think there's going to be at least one Raptor on that team, if not two. I think Kyle has a very good case. I think Fred has a very good case. I think OG has a very good case. And then I think Siakam probably has an inside track at like at least a third team All NBA, if not second team All NBA in the forward spots. And because I think in that Jimmy Butler will be qualified as a guard, because I think there's a little bit yeah. more flexibility, so that frees yeah. up a spot. Um, and so I think Siakam's going to be on an All NBA. I think it's going to be well over one and a half. Vivek, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I think Sahal's going to get the point here for sure. I'm very proud right now. Um, and you look at, I'm just looking at last year's rookie teams, the second team, I, I don't even think they do it positionally because the second team was Shea, Colin Sexton, Landry Shamit, Mitchell Robinson, and Kevin Porter. Mm-hmm. So, wow. I think, so it's not even a question of, oh, you know, is he in the you know top four guards if they, you know, if they did it positionally. So, uh, I think I think Terrence Davis will make that second team, uh, and then Sean. I think you're right uh, about the Raptors having someone on the defensive team. Uh, I don't know if it will actually play out just because of um, you, positionally. You look at Gasol. You know, is is he going to get votes ahead of uh, Embiid and uh, Gobert? Yeah. I don't know about that. Uh, and then you look at someone like. Siakam, you know, let's face it, I think I think his defense hasn't been as good as last season. Uh, so that's something that might hurt him. Uh, and so we'll see how much credit OG Ananobi gets. That's a weird one that Siakam's defense, it seems like Raptors fans are sort of understanding that it has not been where it was last year. He gets blown by quite a bit. Yes, he still has the sort of just the length and like lateral quickness to be like a defensive stopper, but... Uh, like the the national and sort of wider impression of his defense seems to be way higher on it than I think most Raptors fans are, which is interesting. Um, that I guess speaks to you know not watching the team every day, but that's fine. Uh, so I, I will hold off on giving anyone a point for this one, just because it's it's by no means solved or or decided. So no one gets a point there. The second last question: regular season wins. I set the over under at forty nine and a half. I took the over, and 51 was my exact number. Sahal took over in 52. Vivek, you took under in 48. Uh, for the Raptors to hit 50 wins to go over the 49.5, they only need to go 21-18 and 18 for the remainder of the season, and their schedule is pretty cream puff. They are home for most of February. They play a lot of ass teams coming up in the next couple weeks here. I think it's uh, pretty much open and shut that the Raptors are going to end up with over 50 wins. Vivek... From your seat at the 48-win prediction, how are you feeling right now, and where do you think they actually will end up now that you've seen them play for the first 43 games? Yeah, I mean, now when I look at it, I think they might even creep up on, like, 55. Um, they, I think the way that, that you've absolutely decimated those sub-500 teams, what are they, 23-2 and two now against yeah. sub-500 teams? Yeah, I think that's been the big thing. Um, I probably would not have picked that at the beginning of the season. Um, and especially with the way the rotation was playing out at the beginning, you didn't really know what the bench could bring to the table. And uh, was a seven, eight-man rotation really going to be able to get through the season? So, uh, I, And I think 
if I remember correctly, one of the concerns going into the season was getting that volume three-point shooting back um, with, you know, the new faces that they brought in. Like, I don't think we really knew that Terrence Davis could shoot the ball mm-hmm. at this level. And then, you know, I think OG shot above expectations for the first month or so. And then Norm's bringing it, bringing it now. But, yeah, I think the offense has been pretty impressive. Uh, I still think there's some holes when they go up against those uh, good teams. But, yeah, they've, they've exceeded my expectations in terms of what they can be as a regular season team. And, yeah, 50 wins is definitely a lock. I think it, there's, like, it's not a crazy thing to say they could maybe even touch 60. Their end of the schedule is very easy. They have like a couple stretches. They have like a, a Western road trip where they have a couple tough games in there against like Denver and Utah, but they also play like the Kings and the Suns and the Warriors on that trip. They have one homestand where they take on Boston, Denver, the Lakers, uh, and then Philly is the road game before that. And then they have those two games against the Bucks, three games against the Bucks. Other than that, the schedule is not difficult. Again, they're home for most of February. They have two road games in all of February. And, like, the rest of January is about as easy as it gets outside of tonight against the Sixers. I think 31-8 and eight to get to 60, that's hard. And, obviously, there's probably going to be some, you know, managing of loads. And I'm sure there will be more injuries. But with the way they played while they were so injured for the first half, they still have, like, the sixth-best net rating in the league, the number two defense. Their offense has been ludicrous since everyone got healthy. And I think it's only going to continue to rise up the rankings into the top ten. There's not, it's not too insane, I think, to say they could, you know, at least get to like 57, 58 and maybe flirt with 60. 31 and 8, like, does not seem too, too crazy to me right now. But I don't know, Sahal, what, what do you think? Am I being totally uh, optimistic and over the top? It's fine uh, by suggesting 60 could be on the table? I mean, it's, it's tough to say. Like, the, the, like you said, the schedule is. Other than what those seven to ten ish games, the schedule's looking really, really easy for the Raptors. Um, so it's tough. It's really tough to say sixty. I mean, the optimist in me wants to say they can, they can get to that number, but um, I think fifty five, fifty six, um, possibly fifty seven, um, is a lot more ideal for Toronto. Um, they've played really well, like Vivek said, against sub five hundred teams. Um, but we can't just, you know, um, I guess, guess that these guys are going to beat every single sub 500 team from now to the end of the year. I mean, um, will they be most, most definitely, but I mean, the, the, the really good teams like the Lakers and the teams that's really start to make that playoff push at the end of the year, um, especially those eighth seed, seventh seed, ninth seed type teams in the East and West are really going to give the Raptors a run for their money. So. Um, 31 and 8, I mean, a part of me really wants to say they can do that, but um, I think I'm going to stick with the mid-50s for a realistic expectation for Toronto. Fine. Be a coward. That's fine. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I will say, I think the competition for the two-seed is going to probably inspire some uh, more... I think more teams are going to take these games late in the season more seriously in that two through six race in the Eastern Conference. And so I think that might inspire them to shoot for some wins in a, in a way where they maybe wouldn't before when they kind of be in coast mode. So I'm saying it. The Raptors are winning 60 goddamn games. 
laugh at me when I'm wrong, but uh, I, I feel pretty good. The schedule is super easy, and they're really, really good when they're healthy. Uh, playoff series wins. The final question, I set the over-under at 0.5, which seems like I lowballed it and doesn't really seem all that. And I guess I did lowball at the time. We all took the over. Um, Vivek, how are you feeling about this one? Yeah, I, didn't, I think this is something we all expected. Um, I think we would expect the team to have about home court advantage. Maybe, maybe the only thing that, that's a question mark right now is the fact that you know there's six really good teams in the East. Yeah. And so if the Raptors, for whatever reason, don't get the two seed, then you know you, you could see you know if you're three or you're four and you go up against Philly or Indiana or whoever ends up being you know that, that that's going to be a tough first round series. So uh, that's probably the only thing that, that would take it out. Let's face it, if they if they finish with a two seed. They're pretty much a lock to get into the second round. They're going to beat Brooklyn. They're going to beat Orlando. Uh, if if another team creeps into there, they're going to beat that team too. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, two, the two seed definitely makes it a lock. Three or four or five, whatever you know, then maybe it gets interesting. Yeah, I'm not going to give anyone the speculative point here, just because that potential like three six or four five with. The Sixers really looms, and that scares the shit out of me. As much as the Raptors seem to own the Sixers, the Sixers are scary to me. Um, and I guess like a Miami series would be really tough, too. I, I think the Raptors can beat Miami, Boston, or uh, Indiana. I get Boston would be tough as well, as much as it pains me to say. So uh, I'm not as overly confident as I was three minutes ago when I read the over-under and <laughs> looked at all of us picking over, but... Uh, I also think the two seed, uh, with me predicting 60 wins, apparently, this is a thing we're doing now, uh, I, I think that will definitely sort of guarantee them easy passage into the second round. So, yeah, I think I feel like 75% confident in the over 0.5. Uh, that brings us to the end of the show. We have gone through, and Sahal, right now at the halfway point of the season, plus two games, you are leading with 10 points. I've got eight. Vivek's got five. A few still to be decided. That could change things, of course. Um, but I don't know. Do you want to do any bragging while you have the opportunity before it's snatched from your fingers over the course of the last 39 games? I will not. I will keep <laughs> from the bragging um, because I know how bad it will look um, if I end up fumbling this. So um, I'll keep from the bragging. Obviously, I'm I'm really excited with the results so far, Vivek. I don't know how you're feeling, but I'm super excited, Vivek. I feel so- super proud of you. <laughs> I, I, thank you, man. I told you this day would come, but um, we're not there yet. Like I said, um, this is super fun, though, um, to do this every year with you guys. Um, I'm excited to see how the final results come out, um, especially with uh, the all-NBA, all-rookie, all-defense uh, things. Um, I know Coach of the Year wasn't really part of that, but I'm excited to see if Nick Nurse can put his or keep his name in the hat. I think he's done a fantastic job this season. We haven't really spoke about him enough um, in this podcast specifically, but... Um, he's done a fantastic job for Toronto, um, so I'm really excited to see how this this season falls out uh, for the Raptors. Yeah, I think there's lots of award potential. That could be a really interesting one. Um, and I mean, Nick Nurse. There's if Norm continues to do this, maybe he's six man. I don't know. There's uh, yeah. there's lots of fun things that are up in the air. And like I don't know, not a lot of this went totally to expectation, and so I'm sure things will change over the second half of the year too because basketball is weird. And things change very quickly. Um, what does not change is that you guys are awesome. Vivek, uh, thanks for coming on. Where can people find your work? Hey, you can find me at Raptors Republic. You can find me at Complex. You can find me on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob. 
Hell yeah. And Sahal, what about you? I am on Raptors Republic. Um, unfortunately, you know what? I actually got a DM recently that I haven't been as active as previous years on Raptors Republic. A lot of that has to do with like personal things going on. Um, but you know what? I'm really excited to kind of up my content um, for the second half of the season. Um, I'm strictly on Raptors Republic. So you guys can also find me on SAB28 on Twitter. Um, if you guys like banter, if you guys like me roasting people's foreheads um, <laughs> out of my own insecurities, um, then you can do that. But SAB28 on Twitter. Awesome, man. Uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. It's very much appreciated. Uh, you can hear me on your radio tonight, Saga 960. I'll be doing play-by-play with Jason Tom for Raptors 905 against the Greensboro Swarm. I know the Raptors game against the Sixers will be going on at the same time, but watch that on PVR later or mute the Raptors game and listen to the Raptors 905 game with me and uh, this voice that you definitely don't hear enough uh, narrating that game. So uh, check that out, Saga 960 and their website. Uh, and yeah that's about it we will uh, talk to you again on Thursday I think Katie's going to jump on the show and we'll have some fun so stick around then and we will talk to you on Thursday with another episode of Locked on Raptors Hey Prime members You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.